opportunity uh, first tonight to be able to go outside and to take care of your creation, to be a good testimony and witness to our community. Thank you for the, the joy it is to serve and to keep our area and really our road clean. And it's a way that we give you honor and glory. So thank you for beautiful weather and for the ability to, to participate in that tonight. God, I pray that you would um, prepare our hearts for what uh, you have prepared through our speaker to share tonight. I pray that we would be able to focus, lean in, and really just be ready for the ways in which you want to change and transform our lives here tonight. So God, help us to really focus, help us to um, just really be ready to receive what you have prepared for us. And it's in your name we pray, amen. All right, so tonight we have a special guest speaker, and I'm going to invite up the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Byron Dissinger. Let's give him a hand. I know you too, Malachi. Hello. Obviously, you all know my name by now. Uh, my name is Byron. I am a junior here at TNT, and I am here to Really, I think I'm closing out the Lenses series. I think this is the last lesson. Um, so the lie that we are going to talk about tonight is no one knows what I'm going through. Um, so maybe you guys have been struggling with something in the past or are struggling with something right now, and you think, oh, you know, I'm the only one going through this. Nobody else really knows or understands what I'm going through. Uh, so tonight, I am just going to try and tackle this slide to the best of my ability um, and talk about why that is false. So to start off, we're going to do a little sort of a game, I guess. Um, so I want all of you to close your eyes. All of you close your eyes. And I am going to say something like, raise your hand if you've struggled with something. And um, those of you who have, you're going to raise your hand and we'll see how many hands get raised. Okay, so we'll start off kind of simple. Raise your hand if you've ever felt stressed before. Right. Uh, raise your hand if you've ever worried about schoolwork. Uh, raise your hand if you've ever been angry with a parent before. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll go a little deeper. We'll, we'll go a little deeper. Just stay with me. I encourage honesty here. Raise your hand if you have ever struggled with trust issues. All right, uh, raise your hand if you've ever struggled with relationships with one of your family members. Uh, how about bullying? All right, last one. Raise your hand if your life up to this point has been going perfectly fine and you have struggled with absolutely nothing, ever. Right. That's what I thought. Okay, you guys can open your eyes. Um, so, as, as I expected, nobody raised their hand for that last one. Uh, well, that's a lie. I can tell you right now. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, and I can tell you that for every single one of those other ones, the vast, vast majority of hands were raised, um, which kinda is evidence to me that our struggles aren't exactly unique and that they might be a little more common than you might think. Um, so again, tonight I'm just going to sort of talk about the nature of our struggle, 
how this world uh, gives us struggles and why we need uh, community and God's word in order to help us through our struggles. Um, so I'm just going to pray real quick and then we will get into the, uh, the teaching. All right. Uh, dear God, thank you for this night that we have together. Thank you for all the students that you brought and thank you uh, for the wonderful time we had earlier being able to pick up trash. I just pray, um, God, that their ears will be open to hear what you have to say through me tonight. Um, and that if they are coming here with any struggles, that they'll just be able to cast them aside and focus on what you have to say to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so first point I want to talk about before we get into um, exactly how to deal with our struggle is I want to talk a little bit about the nature of our struggle. And this, this all goes back to Genesis, which I'm not going to have you turn to Genesis because we've done that a million times this semester already. But just to recap, uh, sin entered the world when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and ate the forbidden fruit. And ever since that sin entered into the world, they started to struggle. Uh, they, had to, they had to work for themselves. They had to tend to the ground. Uh, they had to do all these things that they didn't have to do before when sin was never in the world. And uh, it caused struggle. And ever since then, um, all of us have sinned and all of us struggle because of the sin that has entered into the world. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, uh, which makes really clear to me that we all sin, we all struggle, and we all fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, in our life, we are going to face struggles. Again, Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 12, none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one. So this points out to me that, again, none of us do good. We all sin. We all have a sinful nature. Our morals, our flesh, our desires are not inherently good in the sight of God. Um, again, our flesh, our motives, our desires, our wants, our actions, without God, they're not exactly good because of the sinful nature that we have. Um, so I want all of you, if you have a Bible, to turn to Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. And when somebody is there, would somebody mind reading that for me? Chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. Found it? All right, would anyone care to read that? <laughs> Somebody. Uh, okay, uh, Gabby, you, you can go ahead. Thank you. Would anyone 
care to tell me what do you guys think that this passage might be trying to tell us, maybe about sin, maybe about struggle. Um, what do you guys think that this passage might be saying? All right, so everybody's going through something. Okay. Um, anybody else? All right. Uh, Derek, you have your hand up. Why not? Right. Right. Okay, good. I think you kind of put it perfectly there. Um, that, you know, we know, we know what's right. We know what's godly. We know what um, is pleasing to God. Yet this passage kind of makes clear to me that our flesh is weak and our nature is sin. And our nature is doing what we hate. Uh, we may have the desire to do what's good, but our flesh is weak and it keeps sinning. It keeps rebelling against God. Um, and no matter how hard we try, by our own power, we're not going to be able to do anything about it because inherently our nature is flawed. Um, so we hate sin, yet we keep doing it, and there's not really anything that we can do ourselves to not sin. And because of this, going back to struggle, uh, because of our sin, we all struggle. And our struggles may be different. I may be struggling with something that one of you isn't, or vice versa. But the root is we all struggle. And we might not all struggle with the same thing, but we still all struggle. And because everyone struggles. This isn't just a Christian problem, it's a world problem. Um, so because the whole world struggles, our world is going to give us struggle, which leads me into my next point, our world. Uh, because of our world's sinful nature, the world is going to give us struggles. As made clear in John 16:33, when Jesus said, I have said these things to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This passage is making clear that no matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is, you're going to face struggles, and you're going to have trials. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and maybe how. Um, another scripture that backs this up is 2 Timothy uh, 3.12, and this talks about a specific type, type of struggle that's more pertaining to Christians. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So as Christians, not only are we struggling with the struggles of everyday life, if we desire to live that life for Christ, we're going to be persecuted for our faith. We're going to be made fun of, called names. We're going to 
maybe have hatred spewed at us from people. Um, so as Christians especially, we are going to struggle because our faith isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to live out, yet that's what we're called to do, and we're called to embrace and take in the struggle. So, however, you will not face any persecution or struggle or hardship that nobody has experienced before. What you're going through now is not unique to you. Anything that you're facing or struggling with or being persecuted for, there's always somebody, I'm willing to bet somebody in this church, maybe even somebody in this room, that's gone through the exact same thing that you are going through. I love the way the NLT puts 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out that you can endure. Now notice in this passage that it says that the temptations, the struggles in your life, are no different than what other people go through. So even if you're dealing with something that may be very shameful to you, very embarrassing to you, know that you are not even close to the only person that is going through it. I took a screenshot today of the world population, uh, and as of today, there are... 8,028,676,418 people. And if any of you guys think that out of over 8 billion people, you are the only person struggling with something, I hate to inform you that that is far from correct. There's probably somebody in this church or in this room that is going through the exact same thing. And because so many of us, so many of us people, followers of Christ especially, are going through the same thing, we are called to be in community with each other. Which brings me to my third point, our desperate need for biblical community. Biblical community, or the church, is absolutely necessary. It's God's plan and design for us ever since the early days of the early church, people have gathered in community. We are called many places throughout the Bible to be in community with each other. And because we are united in Christ Jesus, we are called to be in community with each other. And we, in community, can encourage one another through our struggles, because we are called to build one another up and encourage each other. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25 say, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now I want to highlight, as is the habit of some. The writer of Hebrews, in that time period, the early church, some people were neglecting to meet together and build one another up and encourage one another. And basically the writer of Hebrews is trying to say, don't do that, it's not a healthy habit. We are called to be in community with each other 
and encourage one another through our struggles. We are not called to stay silent about them and deal with them by ourselves. And this community, as I said before, it has biblical precedent. If you look specifically in the book of Acts, there are a ton of places where people are gathered together. People are gathered together in upper rooms. People are praying in other people's houses. Believers are gathered in the temple courts. The apostles are gathered and teaching the people. Just so many places throughout that book, there is biblical community where believers meet together to encourage one another. And as Christians, we are all a part of the body of Christ, just like they were back in the early church. So we are called to be in community with each other, and we need each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 to 27, say uh, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. So this passage is saying that all of us who follow Jesus, we are a part of the body of Christ. And as a part of the body of Christ, we are supposed to have the same amount of care for one another and build one another up, encourage each other. When one member of the body suffers, we all suffer together. We all uh, mourn together. We uh, talk through it with one another. And when one part of the body, when one member rejoices, we all rejoice together. We are called to rejoice together and celebrate with one another. So because we are a part of the body of Christ, we need the entire rest of the body for our community. That is, we need the whole church. Uh, that could be pastors, older mature followers of Jesus, friends, church involvement outside of TNT, TNT leaders, etc. We need the whole church. Especially, I recommend, if you don't have somebody who is older than you, uh, an older member of the body of Christ, I would recommend talking to them because, you know, chances are they've been through something that you might be going through right now and have a little bit of advice and wisdom to give you about what you're struggling with. So, yes, it's great to talk to friends. We need our friends. We also need the older members of the body of Christ. We need the whole church. Now, there is one person who wants us to be isolated from the church and from our community, and that is Satan. The devil wants us to be isolated and apart from each other, and he wants us to believe this lie that we don't need community and we don't need to talk to anybody about our struggles. He wants us to feel alone and like we're in it by ourselves. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 say, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now I want you to notice two things about this passage. Number one, it points out again that the same kinds of suffering that you are experiencing 
are being experienced by other people around the world. So again, if you feel like you're the only one, let me encourage you and tell you, you are far from the only one. The second thing I'd like you to notice is that the devil is actively seeking people to devour, which is why he wants us to feel alone and like we don't have a community, which is why community, the church, is extremely, extremely important for us. And I, I have a visual of this that I'll put up on the screen. That, at the top, that pack of zebras is the church, the community, um, the people who are encouraging one another, building each other up. But that lone zebra on the bottom left is that Christian who's like, ah, I'm fine by myself. I don't need the church. I'm good. I have it all figured out. Well, that's exactly where the devil wants us because that makes it easier for him to get to us when we are alone and isolated. And one thing that I want to point out is that the benefit of this biblical community that we're in is that as followers of Jesus, we are united around one thing, and that is the word of God. Which brings me to my last point that I want to make, is that we all have a need for God's word to help us through our struggles. Because God's word is the source of all wisdom and advice for our struggles. There is not one thing that you guys are going through that the Bible says nothing about. So I encourage you, when you are struggling, open up God's word. It might not relate exactly to what you're going through, but it, it will help and it will bring you peace. As Matthew 11 says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And this proves to me that the Bible, Jesus, God's word, it's always here to give us rest and peace and assurance in our time of struggle. Now I know how hard it may be when you are struggling to open up God's word. And trust me, I've been there. There are a lot of times where I'm struggling and I feel like, oh, the last thing I want to do is open up my Bible and read more words that will probably mean nothing to me. But the lesson I've learned through that is do it anyway because it has more of an impact than you may think it does. And if you do it often, I have found that I am more at peace with God and at peace with my circumstances when I am in God's word. It has taught me a lot. And another good thing about reading God's word is that we can use the Bible, what we uh, learn, to obtain biblical advice about our struggles. I can learn about the nature of my struggle, if, you know, how, how to get through maybe what I am struggling with. And we can use this advice and we can pass it down to others in the body of Christ, in our community, because that's what we're called to do. Second Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. Which means that all scripture, no matter what, it's able to teach us something. No matter what we read, we can always learn from it. We can learn about God, about life, about who we are as, as people, and we can gain advice on how to get through what we're going through. And we can pass that advice on to other members of the body of Christ just as we were called to do. So before we close, I just want to give you some biblical principles to consider from tonight. Number one, we all sin, and because of that, we all struggle. Ever since sin has entered the world, people have been struggling, and we are going to continue to struggle until the day that Christ returns because of our sin. And in the world, you will face troubles, as made very clear in John 16.33. No matter who we are, we are going to face troubles, we are going to face persecution, we are going to face hardships. But what I want to encourage you with is that none of your struggles are uncommon. Again, there are over 8 billion people in the world. You're not the only one going through something. And it's made very clear in scripture that the temptations that we face are also being faced by so many other people around the world. So that really encourages me as well to maybe open up a little more about what I'm going through because you never know who else has been going through the same thing. Even if you think that, oh, nobody else is going to understand what's going on or what I'm struggling with, I can guarantee you that somebody is, somebody can understand, and somebody in this church or in this room even. The fourth principle is that biblical community is necessary, and we need the whole church, which goes back to what I just said. Talk to people, gather together, build one another up, encourage one another because that is what we are called to do. And we need the whole church. We need each other, our friends, our pastors, our leaders, other older members of the body of Christ. We need each other, and we need to build one another up and encourage one another. And finally, God's word provides all the necessary wisdom that we need for the struggles that we're facing. Again, there's not one struggle that you're going through, one thing that you're experiencing that is not mentioned in the Bible. So when you have nowhere else to go, go to God's word, and you will not be let down. You will not be disappointed. So the one truth that I want to leave you with tonight is that we all struggle, so we need God's word and biblical community to help us through. We are never in this alone, no matter what the devil wants to tell us. We are never alone in our struggles. We are never alone in our hardships. And most of all, and most importantly, God knows exactly what you're going through, and he cares for you. So even if you feel like you have nowhere else to go, go to God, because he knows what you're going through, and he cares. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the words that you shared with us all tonight through 
or scripture help us to know that we are never alone in our struggles and help us to know that we have this biblical community with us at all times and we always have your word. Help us to lean on you in the midst of our hardships. And I just pray that as we go into our small group, that you'll help us to reflect on your word and what it is that you shared with us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So you guys can find your